You're listening to the Millennials Choice Show, Canada's most trusted podcast on all things real estate, finance, and entrepreneurship. Here's your host, Matthew Ablican. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millennials Choice Show. I am your host, Matthew Ablican. I'm here with my co-host. You, you all know him already. Do I, do I have to say it, the cheesy line? What's going on? <laughs> my brother from the same mother. Come on, we already know. Danny Applican in the house. And uh, we got a very special episode for you guys today. We want to talk about investing in rental real estate. And then at the very end, we're going to talk about the three cities that I'm personally investing in that you guys need to look out for. And that's going to be for our members only content. So visit financialfreedomclub.ca forward slash member to become a member and access all of our members only content and uh you know do i want to talk about the book danny i want to just jump in talk about the book real quick because i want to throw a curveball at you but all right no problem so um i also want to you know celebrate my 10-year anniversary in the real estate business as a realtor now as a broker of record with my own company I did co-author a book with Shark Tank's own Kevin Harrington, one of the original sharks from Shark Tank. They made it a bestseller. I want to give you a free copy. Visit financialfreedomclub.ca forward slash ebook. The links are in the show notes. Ebook doesn't have a hyphen. If you want a hard copy, physical copy, come into the office. I'll make sure I get that for you. What did you want to add? As you guys know, like we don't have a script or anything like that. So I want to throw a curveball to Matthew right now. Why should people listen to this episode today? Why is it so important, do you think, to people and to you uh, talking about investing into rental properties? Why? Why does it matter? So what color is your Bugatti? <laughs> <laughs> and here's, here's what I would say if somebody asked me that question. Yeah. I don't have a Bugatti, but I have a $30 million real estate portfolio. Okay. And I'm 32, maybe. Well, at the recording time of this recording, 31. So it gives you that financial freedom, right? It gives me that financial freedom. It gives me that confidence that I don't want to worry financially about stuff. I don't want to stress about stuff. My parents didn't come from money. We didn't come from money. And at 19, made that decision, took that leap of faith, addressed all my anxieties and fears and worries that are very normal feelings to get when you're making a big purchase. Of course, if you didn't feel those things, I'd, I'd question you. But you know, that's one of those things where it changed my life. And then now as we grow and you're getting wiser and stuff and starting families and whatever, you know, it's legacy. You're going to leave that behind one day, hopefully for your children, give them a better start, change the course of your family's uh, future, motivate your parents. A lot of of you guys are immigrants and your parents are immigrants and stuff. And all they've done, you know, they they came here with nothing, educational credentials didn't transfer over left everything back home. Some of you guys, some of your parents left war-torn countries like ours, persecution, all that stuff. So, you know, they want you to be successful. They want you to be happy. They want you to be all these good things that parents want for their kids. Our families had a little bit more difficult than people who maybe immigrated here a lot earlier than that. So also motivating them, showing them what you're doing, showing them that, you know, you've raised the good kids and we're, we're taking care of it. So don't worry about us. All these things. They've all play a role in why I invest and why it's so important to do that. It's huge. I couldn't get into stocks. I couldn't get into mutual funds. I couldn't get into all those things. It wasn't for me. Um, No control, no ability to make improvements, generate equity, taxes, no leverage, all these kinds of things we talk about in our other episodes. Make sure you guys check those out. Um, But investing in real estate and specifically rentals has made me a lot of money. Okay. And we teach a lot of people how to 
make a lot of money and we do it for free basically. Um, but now the members only content, you know, we keep all of our stuff ad free and we just want to generate some more revenue, cover our cost to be here studio in, in our studio, but also the equipment and all that stuff. So for one ninety nine, you can become a member, learn all these secrets, especially in Ontario. It's, it's content created for people in Ontario because that's where we're licensed. And Ontario is one of the biggest province in Canada, Toronto, major city in the world. And so that's what, that's what you got to do. It's awesome. First you learn, then you earn. Yeah. Okay. Don't spend 10 grand on a mentor. Don't do that, <laughs> please. Learn from people who have achieved the success you want to achieve. Everything is pretty much on YouTube nowadays, podcasts. There's lots of great podcasts out there, content creators out there. And, you know, stick with them. Surround yourself with the right people. Birds of a feather flock together, you guys. I like that. Yeah. That was good. Subscribe, like, leave us a comment. Helps with the algorithm. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you are listening to this on any one of our podcast outlets, download the episode. Leave us a review. I, you know, up until recently, I didn't even know you could leave reviews. So leave a review. Um, we promise to keep this stuff ad free again. Um, you know, we can't control what what the platforms do, but we can control what we do. So we want to keep them ad free for you guys. We're going to talk about renting real estate, investing in rentals today. And uh, that's it. Did I did I get all the housekeeping that items? Was, that was perfect. Man. I feel like we got to find got a it. quicker way to say all this stuff. <laughs> Nail on the head. Let's get into it. All right. So my first property was purchased at 19 years old. Okay. I was 19 years of age. It was a pre-construction condo. My portfolio doesn't consist of only pre-construction real estate. That's how I got started. I didn't need a down payment. I didn't need all the money up front. Didn't need a mortgage. There's full episode on that. Check it out when you guys have some time. Um, but that's how I got into the market. Now, I did move into this condo when it was first built because I kick, got kicked out of my house. Thanks, mom. Um, <laughs> you remember those times, yeah. those days, right? We're cool now. We're cool now. All's good. We're all's good. But, you know, had to be a man. So anyway, moved to that condo. <laughs> Funny days, right? You're thinking of yeah. all of every. I know. Good times. But long story short, uh, a few months later, I ended up renting it out. So went back to mama and papa and <laughs> moved back in and, and created it, turned it into a rental, which is a very straightforward process. Fast forward now, 11 years later, I own that same condo. I never sold it. And it became a rental. It's been a rental pretty much ever since. And then I kept investing in real estate. Now I started with pre-construction because it was easy to get into. As I got older throughout my career, made more money, became more prudent, became more prudent as an investor, wiser, all that stuff. I started investing in, in other deals. So uh, single family homes that were resale, uh, townhomes. What else did I invest? A commercial retail, a little bit of multifamily. Multifamily, yeah. And it all has done really, really well for me. And I do stick with a few things, a few criteria that we can explore. But let's talk about some of the benefits that rental real estate you know, rental real estate has. And this is very specific for first time home buyers. I know a lot of you are first time home buyers that are listening to our show where the millennials choice show. Um, and rental, sometimes you may not be qualified for your own and purchase that you want to move into. But if you buy a rental, there are other criteria that the banks look at to qualify you for a mortgage. So let's get right into that. 20% down payment. Always for rental. Okay, guys, don't don't listen to what other people Regardless tell you. Regardless if you're a first-time buyer, there's a huge misconception. I just have to jump in quick. Yeah, yeah. People think that if you're a first-time buyer, you can put 5% down for a rental property. 
You can't. Not sure who said that. You're not able to do that. You can put down 5% if you qualify, if you're moving in. If it's a rental. And it's up to the first half a million, by the way. Yes. Of your purchase price. Exactly. And if it's a rental, you have to put a 20% down payment. So just want to throw that in there. A lot of people are confused about that. Not sure who's spreading the misinformation, but whoever it is, just stop. You're not helping people. 20% down payment. You know, you want to learn about other forms of getting into real estate, joint ventures and stuff. We have other episodes, but we're talking cookie cutter here. Yeah. 20% down payment. Now, a lot of you might say, well, how, you know, is that different? Like, how do we qualify differently if we buy, you know, a primary residence? Well, when you put 20% down, you get a longer amortization period. So you go from 25 to 30 to even 40 in some situations, some lenders, yeah. which stretches out your payments, which reduces your debt burden, which qualifies you a little bit easier. Yep. Number one. Number two, banks will actually consider, lenders will consider rental income. They will. They can't consider rental income when you say you're moving in because you're moving in. Doesn't make sense. Yep. But when you're renting it, certain lenders will look at 50% of that rental income, 75% of that rental income, 100% of that rental income. Which if you think about it, if it's costing you three grand a month to buy a property, but you can get $3,000 a month in rent and a certain lender will look at 100% of that income, they'll look at it and say, well, basically your payment is covered. Yeah. from the rental income you qualify so there's different you know nuances on that we have other episodes where we talk about mortgage qualifying and all that stuff we're just talking high level here but those are some of the benefits of getting in from a mortgage perspective exactly. on rental real estate yeah yeah and uh, a lot of people again you don't have to know the nuances and the specific nitty-gritty about which lender you know uses more rental income that's what we're here for you don't have to know the specifics you just have to have a goal in mind and we'll help you get to that goal right so we make it easy we keep it easy and that's how we that's how we work and how we that's how we help people right? absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. now also so so think about it this way when i was 23 years old the first condo that i bought sticking with that same story i refinanced it i took the equity out of it tax free Okay, the only time you could do that is when you flip your primary residence. You sell your primary residence. You take all the appreciation tax-free. Currently, those are the the laws in uh, Canada. But with rentals, you pay tax on that when you sell it. So instead, I did an equity takeout, which I kept the condo. I just increased my mortgage, took the equity, paid back my student loan, did all that stuff. Well, so, you still kept the condo though. Well, you I still kept it. it. No, I didn't sell it. Yeah. So I leveraged it, right? So part of the way I was able to qualify for that was, again, because the rental income. I was only 23 years old. So the rental income helped me qualify for that. That's a big deal. Big deal. Huge deal. And for the, a lot of you guys have debts. A lot of you guys have you know, bad debt and, and you're taking the money and you're buying a car. You shouldn't do that. So now let's jump into that. Yep. When you buy a rental property, the CRA sees it as an investment, as a business, and therefore, you get taxed accordingly to that. Quick disclaimer, we're not accountants. We're not providing any accounting, accounting information no. right now or tax information. Speak to a specialist as soon as you have any questions. All this information is for educational <laughs> purposes, Yep. You know, but you should verify everything we say always on every single episode. But the CRA sees it as an investment, as a business. So you have money coming in. Remember, we're talking about rental real estate. You have money coming in in the form of rent. That's yep. income. And you have money going out in the form of expenses, 
property tax, maintenance fees, interest on your mortgage, realtor fees, lawyer fees, accountant fees, whatever. Therefore, they get calculated and then you pay tax accordingly. Yep. So there are so many benefits, tax benefits of rental real estate. And without, again, we're not accountants getting too deep into it. You can't do any of that with your primary residence, the residence you live in. Can't do any of that. But you can with rental real estate. So you can take advantage of the tax code that the government puts out to incentivize investors, real estate investors. And you can take advantage of that with rental real estate. So for those of you who are interested in buying a car, stupid decision, but you want to spend 50 grand on a car, 60 grand on a car, you know, you may have an investment, you may be living at your mom's house, whatever, and you want to buy a car, that money goes down the drain and that car, the moment you drive it off the lot, goes down in price, in value, I should say. So the strategy and one of, you know, lots of people talk about this, but the strategy would be to take that 50, 60 grand, put it into a rental property and then lease out the car or finance the car and write off the payments up to whatever amount you can write off. Because now that vehicle, you will be using part-time to go to your property, to take material to the property, meet tenants, do whatever you can. Part of it will be allocated for business reasons. Yep. You can now expense part of that where you couldn't before if you just bought the car and you lost that money, became a liability, took money out of your pocket. But you buy a rental real estate, piece of rental uh, real estate, and then you lease the car. And now all of a sudden the car becomes part of your business that the CRA sees. These are huge. These huge are huge keys. guys. These are, these are things that people don't give out for free. No. We're giving keys. it out here for free, right? So from a tax perspective, lifestyle perspective, it's great. From a mortgage financing perspective, it's great. Now, from a wealth creation perspective, this is probably one of the most important points because everybody talks about, well, rates are gone up, properties don't cash flow, you don't make money. I'm trying to look for multifamily. Everybody wants to get into multifamily, not realizing that, you know, like commercial real estate falls under the multi, you know, multifamily falls under the commercial real estate umbrella. If you have five or more units, you know, four units and less is, is actually still residential. There's so many dynamics with multifamily, like, and you want to get in as your first investment multifamily, make sure you know what you're doing. But point is, people don't realize how wealth creation, how money works. So let me give it to you this way. I purchased a a townhouse in Brampton. That was my second ever property I bought. By the way, my first four properties that I purchased, I talk about in my book. In this book here, in my chapter, I talk about the first four properties. I give you all the numbers. It's all public information anyway. But... The second townhouse I ever purchased, when I first rented it out, I was getting sixteen seventy-five a month. Sixteen twenty-five or sixteen seventy-five a month, either way. This was way back when, what what year, roughly? I bought it in twenty fourteen. I think I closed it in spring of twenty sixteen. Okay. So, so not too too long ago, like within seven years ago. Know, seven yeah, seven yeah. years. It's not too far. No. So sixteen twenty-five call it a month. And I fast forward that like a couple of years later and now they're worth about 1800 bucks a month. So the tenant starts paying me 1800 bucks a month. Tenant moves out and now all of a sudden three years later, we're getting $2,500 a month. That's crazy. So you see the jumps, 16, it's almost a thousand 18, bucks. Yeah, 25. Yeah. 
And then I sold the property, bought my primary residence. But the point is 2,500 bucks a month. At one point I was cash flowing $900 a month. That's crazy. After my mortgage is being paid off by a tenant, my everything, property tax, everything's being paid off by the tenant. And then I'm cash flowing 900 bucks in my pocket, but also the mortgage was being paid down. Yep. So I was building equity. The, the portion of your mortgage that goes towards the mortgage balance was being paid by my tenant. So you're creating wealth that way. Some people say if the property doesn't cash flow, cash flow would be the 900 bucks I was making after everything was paid off. I don't want the property. It's like, well, you got to look outside the box. Does it make sense? I bought that property for 390 in 2014 pre-construction. Yeah. Got a mortgage on it in 2016. Sold it in February of 2022 for 990, 600K profit. Those are the numbers. You don't want to buy that property because it didn't cash flow because you were only getting 1600 bucks a month at the beginning of yeah. it. Long-term thinking, you guys. That's the game we're in right now. Rental real estate is a long-term mindset, okay? That's how we were. Sarah and I were able to purchase, thank you, Lord, but we were able to purchase that primary residence because of that Yeah. one property. Actually, that property, I refinanced it so many times, paid for the office we're in, paid for a couple other investments, got a line of credit tax-free. Now, of course, when I flipped it, there's some tax implications. So what? And there will be like stuff that happens to tenants. You know, there is always something that happens, right? Like you've had experiences with certain tenants where um, they just haven't been the greatest, right? I'm not sure if you want to like, if you have any stories like you can share with us real quick, but... I never had really bad, bad tenants. The only one that I had that was really bad, there's two actually. I assumed them, which means the property I bought was a multifamily and they were already in there. Got it. That was the process. So somebody else didn't do their due diligence properly, but I knew that going in. Okay. And, and it was fine. And I, I was willing to mitigate the risks. Got it. Because the property made so much sense. That made sense, yeah. You know, so. I bought the property for 490. One year later, it was worth 850. Yeah. I'll deal with a couple of headaches for it's, for an extra three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Come on, it comes with it. It it's comes exactly, with it, guys. You got to see easy. if it's worth it. I was, I was telling people like recently, they're like, "Oh, I'm never." Who said it was know? easy? Like, yeah, people hate it after they go through it because it's stressful. But who said it was going to be easy? If it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would own real estate. Everyone who, who would own said it was properties. easy? Who said you know? it was easy? We said it's lucrative. Yeah, we said it's great. It's blah blah blah. It's fantastic and all these things. We never said it was easy. No, it's hard work. It's easy to sign on the dotted line. But close the deal. Yeah. Be a closer. Get a into of, it. It's yeah. a lot of stress. A lot of stuff you got to deal with. But it's... You know, That's why you need property management. That's why you need a good team around you. Exactly. That's why we talk about that. Yep. Right? So, and number step number one is you get educated. Yeah. First you learn, then you earn. First you learn, then you remove the L. Like, that's how you do it. So, and you go through learning throughout your whole career, throughout your whole life, you're going to be learning. Right? So, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Exactly. I love real estate. I, how much? How many times do I tell you we got to keep buying? One hundred percent. All the time. It's just going to give you that financial freedom, right? That yeah. gives you the the options, the choices. That's what I tell people all the time. You know, yeah, maybe you don't want to move out of your parents' house right now, but what about in three or four years when you might be seeing somebody? You might want to get married. You might want to have your own place, your own space. What about in twenty twenty five when we get five hundred thousand new immigrants? Where are they all going to live? Exactly. Position yourselves, guys. It's yeah. out here. Position yourselves, right? Definitely. So anything you want to ask me? No, that, that was it. I just wanted to get your thoughts on like the tenants. Cause I know there's a lot of people that there's this thing, this 
stigma of like, oh, I, I don't want to have tenants from hell. You know? Yeah, and, I mean, you got to do your due diligence. Like we deal with a lot of realtors and, you know, I, I sometimes I really can't, we won't go there, but long, long story <laughs> short, there's a lot of realtors when it comes to rentals, because the commissions aren't high and a lot of realtors just do what they do for the, for the money. Yeah. They don't answer their phone even when their client calls them. They're not answering their phone when other realtors are calling them. They're not really putting in the effort to find the right tenant for their client. Yeah. So then when they finally get somebody who applies and it's like somebody I wouldn't put into my place, they kind of encourage their their client they the push it. To, to take it. They push it. We're not like that. We say no to people all the time because of your credit's not strong enough. Your income's not strong. Like there's red flags for tenants and rightfully so. Yeah. It's, it's the way it is. We'd rather take our time with our landlords in sifting through the people that we know there's red flags with. And we obviously communicate that to our investors, our landlords and say, look, here's this whole, here's all this guy's information. There's gals information. Here's the red flags or certain, a lot of like situations where we go through everything and we're like, there's no red flags here. Everything looks really good. They've checkmarked everything off the list of what yeah. we're looking for. We strongly recommend you proceed with these guys because yeah. you might lose them, right? Yeah, abso- so absolutely. You got to so have the right team behind the right you is what team I was saying. Supporting you, yeah. operating honestly, you know, and, and transparently and, and on all these things. And we talk about these things in some of our other episodes. So make sure you guys check it out. Definitely. But yeah, there's, there's times where you have problem tenants. As I said, I assume the tenant, the, you know, Two weeks after we closed the deal, the fridge isn't working. It's like, well, was the fridge working two weeks ago? Because I could have had the owner replace, replace it. it. Yeah. It's under warranty when you buy the deal. And then what'd you do? Well, I got her a new fridge. I had to get her a new fridge. Yeah. This is what it is. So you have to You do. write it off. It's part of your expense. You can't do that on your primary residence. It's true. You need a new fridge. You need a new fridge. You pay out of pocket. You never get it back. Yeah. So there's so many benefits to it, guys. Immerse yourselves in this content. We do want to shift to our members only content. So if you're not a member yet, guys, join the pack. It's so affordable. No one's offering it for this price. Not that I've seen for all this content we create for Ontarians. And, you know, you access so much, like a wealth, a library of of information that we're adding to constantly. So visit financialfreedomclub.ca forward slash members. We're going to specifically continue this episode where we're talking about the top three cities to look out for in 2023 when it comes to investing in rentals and if you're not a member yet we still love you until next time god bless